Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adamizer. And we're not joined by Steve. He's probably in a, a football coma because... <laughs> oh, man. It's what a feast of football we have had this weekend. We're recording this on Sunday night and we've had World Cup qualifiers, we've had Euro games, we've had Copa America kicking off, I've watched games in the A-League. I think my, I was going to say my eyes are like ball shaped, but I guess they kind of are anyway, hence them being called eyeballs, but... It's been a fantastic weekend. Are are you footballed out yet, Zach? Oh, football? No, definitely, definitely not. Um, but it has been. This is one of those magical times. <laughs> I guess usually the Copa isn't at the same time as a, a major other. No, I think it's July usually. Yeah, I think they're like a separation. So it it was nice today to have some other kind of football. Oh, but on. then of course the Euros isn't usually on in no. odd years. Oh yes, that's maybe what it is. Because this was meant to be twenty twenty right. Euro. Right, that that makes more sense. Mm. Um, I haven't actually watched the second uh, Copa game yet. I just haven't had time. But I fast forwarded through the Brazil game, which was crazily not the big blowout I was expecting. After you had told me what had happened with all the Venezuelan team. So if anyone doesn't know, fill people in what happened with the Venezuelan team. I, I didn't tell you, but. Um, was it someone else who told you? But I, what, oh, maybe they, it was Will on the. So, someone yeah. told us on our stream Will, yesterday. Yeah, they all got COVID, didn't they? Yeah, a big yes. chunk of them. They're going to be back for the third game. But they allowed them to bring in like I don't know half a dozen to a yeah. dozen extra players. Because I, 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 I was looking at their roster because Kirk and I are playing going to play it on FIFA and we were choosing oh. teams and I was looking at their ro- roster and I was like, how come they have so many extra players and half these guys don't have numbers? And then I w- watched the game today. And I was like, oh, okay. they did pretty well for bringing in a bunch of people that possibly didn't even know each other. Well, but what well, the score in the Brazil game? It was was it 2-0 or 3-0? 3-0 in the end. That that's that's a pretty comp- it was a pretty comp- well, it's comprehensive, but with those guys out in Brazil, I thought it, but, you could be looking at 5-6 maybe more. Yeah, but Michael, this isn't like this isn't the Brazil of your first World Cup. True. Or, or older, you know. True, like, true. It, I mean, when I looked at this, I mean, I had the game on and we were multi, we were sitting at this table here uh, playing a family board game together. So I was watching and, and playing. And so because, you know, when you're watching at least five games a day, you need to 
mix it up with other things in life. But um, yes, I, I was taking my dog out in between the rain going off. <laughs> yes, um, but the, it was like the lineup is not that impressive. Brazil mm. is still not like it's still far away from its like even, even like the two thousand two kind of side, right? Like th- th- that was that was that had some things that were special about it. You know, like they don't have as many um, massive players like they used to. Where it used to be like almost every position. They had massive players. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; they have good players, right? Are, are they but, better than the seven-one side? Well, we, I mean, that's I guess debatable and on, on paper or whatever. I mean, the seven-one side still had good players. Yes, but they also had good players who were not playing in that game, and like they were, and they were facing a Germany team, which themselves are a shadow of themselves this year to the, the team that from that year. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean. It's debatable too, I guess, but I would say Germany's less of a shadow of, of who they were than Brazil is. Yeah, it? yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, because even even Germany, to me, Germany, although yes, they're lacking in a number of positions in terms of quality and depth. Uh, I still think they have an, an they have enough world class players, uh, or close to being world class players that can uh, you know be the difference maker in a tournament like this, uh, the, like the Euro, and so. That's why even like when I, like I picked them a third to come out of their group, but then as I was doing the knockout rounds, I was kind of like, uh, I think I had them going like really far in the knockout rounds. Yes. Um, even though, again, I, there's a chance I might not make it out of the knockout rounds, in my opinion. But um, but then, yeah. I, I so, mean, that that is a group you don't want to necessarily finish second in because you could be facing England. So, I mean, it's whoa, like... It's, it's... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'd be okay facing England. Mm. I don't know, like it's Scotland's group. If Scotland finished second or third, it's a much more favourable draw than winning that group. So I think our plan will be to to beat the Czechs and beat Croatia and then just lose to England. Did you watch Gosh, the England game today? I I did. Um, yeah. I could have egg on my face because the time that this comes out, people will already know the Scotland score. So you're either listening to a very confident Michael just now that is even happier by the time you listen to this or a very overconfident Michael that is drowning his sorrows in iron brew and chocolate digestives as as you listen to this. Eng- I, England, England did not play well. No. Like, they, I mean, they, credit to them, they got the result. But, and maybe they're going like, to... Croatia like, looked terrible. Yeah, Croatia. I think that's what gives me a bit of hope for Scotland as well, because Croatia didn't look good and the Czechs aren't looking great in their last few games either. So, no, you guys, you guys' prediction of Scotland might be far better than than mine. My prediction uh, of North Macedonia is not looking as good, though. It was for a spell. I'll tell you how confident I was when they equalised. I jumped on and stuck ten dollars on them at five to one to win that game because I really thought they were going to go on and win that, and they had chances. But the second goal killed him, really. I never, I've never put money on anything, but uh, this weekend so far, my pre- I've been doing the the, uh, the UEFA predictor thing, and so far I've got only one bang on, and that was uh, Belgium. Yes, three. three I got that bang on as well. I can, I didn't remember that I'd predicted three 0 and then when I went into it, I was like, oh, I got that right as well. And I chose Belgium, obviously, to score first. I chose Lukaku as the opening scorer. And I put my double bonus on it for the week or whatever for match day. So oh, nice. eight, 18 points or something. I, I've put my double bonus on the Scotland check game. What's your scoreline for that again? 2-0. Uh, oh, okay. And I... That's not that crazy. I had Memphis to pay getting the first goal today for Holland. So at least I get a point from that. 
I can't remember what I did for Holland. I think I had him like 4 0 or 4 1 or something. That was. I think I had 2 1. So, so close ish. Oh, so far, that's yes. the game of the tournament. Oh, what? By far. I felt sorry for Ukraine. What a comeback. <laughs> uh, and then to throw it away after that. It was very, it was very untidy of Holland how they, they it was like, it was like our conversation. 2 0 is the, you know, most unsafe, uns, un, or, un, uh, yeah. But they, they looked coasting. What's the thing? It's the, it's the, 2-0 is the most dangerous leading dangerous, football. Yeah, that's it. But and they it looked was, coasting, and it, Ukraine weren't at the races, and then from nowhere, they're well, just back in the game. In the space of three or four minutes, yeah. they score a wonder strike, and then they oh. score a header off of a free kick. Yeah. I think, then, the, I, I think Austria's goal today, that was possibly my favourite goal of the tournament so far, the first one that they got. It was like to the back post. It was a beautiful kind of... St- Oh yes, Ollie, yes, first time. Lanner, Ollie, yeah, yeah, side foot, beautiful yeah. finish. But yeah. Macedonia's celebration has been the celebration so far, including yeah. mine as I jumped off the couch. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, um, it was a shamb- like it was. A, there was three shambolic plays on that. There was the give initial giveaway from Switzerland or from Austria. Mm. Then there was the guy shooting it off his teammate's oh, face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to make to bring the thing and then the keeper not that was white caps defending oh the keeper not holding it and then pandev just being like oh, okay sure yeah i have a well if you want to give the if you want to give the guy that's 38 next month a gift like this i'll take it i have a picture somewhere i gotta find it of massimo with goran pandev oh really one many year, moons ago massimo went to a canada game against macedonia in europe i don't know if it was Mas- in macedonia itself or somewhere else in europe and he was, I think he was staying at the same hotel as them or something. And Pandev is a longtime, uh, you know, player in Syria, which mm. Mass is a big fan of. And so he has a, a picture or a selfie of him and Goran Pandev at the team hotel. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's great stuff. But yeah, we're, we're not here to talk about the Euros, though. If you want to hear more of our Euro talk, though, check out our watch along that we did on Saturday for the Canada and Haiti game. At the end of that, we talk a little bit Euros, the games that took place yesterday, the... Christian Eriksen incident, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about Copa America as well. And of course, the bulk of that, which is in two parts on YouTube, just because there's some technical issues, is us watching along to the Canada game, lots of chat about Canadian soccer in general, the World Cup qualifying campaign. So we, we won't go into too much of that on tonight's show. Tonight's show is primarily going to be Whitecaps related, but do, do you want to add anything from thinking about the game overnight, Zach? Just a, well, just a couple of things. Uh, one so excited about the Canada result, the positive parts of the Canada result. Um, two, is there? I haven't seen anything uh, substantive. Is there any update on Christian Eriksen? Oh yes, yes there is. Okay. Um, he I mean, had, I've, heard, I've heard stuff, but I didn't know if it was true. Or yeah, he uh, he suffered uh, cardiac arrest. Okay, and the he had gone. He, he had his heart had stopped beating, but okay. they brought it back on the first. Uh, defibrillator thing yeah. which the Danish doctor says is almost unheard of it usually takes more than one mm-hmm. so they said that's a good sign so he's stable in hospital they're doing more tests they haven't said any more but the fact he came back so quickly he says he doesn't remember much about anything mm. um, but the fact that it was a cardiac arrest I mean this, this is the least important thing just now but you have to feel that it's his career done just that's for Partly what I saw, I saw a lot of headlines and a lot of people saying, oh, his career is over and stuff. And I was like, is this people speculating or what was this based on? Okay. Yeah, Um, I mean, that that really, though, 
that is the least yes. important thing right now. You just want him and his wife and his family just to be safe and healthy and have lots of happy years together. And, I mean, it's looking promising. The other fallout from that today, though, is the, the Danish players and coach spoke and said, in hindsight, they shouldn't have played. Mm. Uh, they said they feel it wasn't an, uh, it wasn't fair that the position, that the question was put to them and they had mm. to make that decision in the moment. They wish UEFA had just made the decision. And I think that was right. I think it was the Danish coach that said they should just have got on the bus and left right away. Mm. And I think that would have been the, the the right decision. Hindsight's obviously a great thing, but you knew. I mean, the I think after the game, I read some of the quotes and the Danish coach had said some of the guys didn't want to play which was different from what we heard. We heard that they yes. all wanted to because they, they, weren't, they weren't ready for playing. But I think Denmark's going to have everyone rooting for them now for the, the rest of the competition to, yeah. to just get through. And it's been nice to see the outpouring from other teams and players and like supporters around the world as well. It's just, it's been a, it's just, it's brought everyone together, which is really nice as well. But yeah, check out our YouTube stream. We'll be talking oh. about all of that. We're going to be talking primarily white caps in this. One last thing, Copa. I just want to say, oh, don't, yeah. don't um, at least watch uh, highlights of Ecuador, Colombia. Oh, I'm going to fast forward through it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, there's there's some stuff maybe there we could talk about some other time. Even just oh, interesting. Whatever. Okay. Oh, actually, I'll finish one thing by talking about the Canada Haiti game. So after we did our stream yesterday, oh, I jumped Herdman. on the the John Herdman call. Yes. Oh boy, he was on a bus to the airport. He said he was getting thrown around everywhere. I can't even play any audio really on this because the amount of dropped calls and dropped connections was incredible. Um, and it's like it was just breaking up. You couldn't really hear what he was saying. But in short, he, he's basically said that it's been a wild ride down there. But he felt it was good for his players to see the other side of football. Basically to see how other teams, the facilities they have, what they have to put up with and make them appreciate more of what they have. He said they've got the job done. One foot in the octagon. That's really all you could have hoped for from it. I They had to cut it short. I was really wanting to ask him if he was a bit disappointed just coming away with a one goal because more than one goal would have maybe allowed a bit more rotation on Tuesday night. But... There's very little wiggle room. I, I, Canada should still easily get past them. I, I'm pretty confident of that. But 1-0 gives Haiti hope, and that's I, all teams need sometimes. I wouldn't have expected him to say anything different. However, I would argue that they had a chance to put two feet in the octagon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully yeah, hopefully they, there there are some of those life lessons they learned from this trip as well. And the one thing about the, the players uh, – you can't do anything about their their tiredness, um, but um, you can't do anything about their tiredness. But for most of them, if you know, this is like the last game before a long break, or at least the last game before a break for the Gold Cup or something. So there is that to it, which I might also give. I mean, it might be the same for Haiti, I guess, as well. Or I don't know what their schedules are over there, but um, it might give them a lift, you know. So even if they don't rotate as much, it's like, yeah, this is the last one. Let's go out and do it. I'm yeah. really curious to see what the, the Gold Cup roster is going to look like yes. because Herdman's hinted that because it's in a FIFA window, he's going to call guys up. But I 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. But we'll we'll cover that in another show. Yeah. That's it for the international chat, basically, in this episode. We're gonna talk white cap soon, but before we get to that, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's Steve's Christmas presents to Zach and myself. He gave us each a box of 2011 Upper Deck MLS trading cards. We've been opening a pack on every weekend show. We're putting them together. We're selecting our teams. And we'll, we'll, we'll rattle through this because our, our, our intro is longer than usual because we had a few other things we wanted to talk about to get out of the way. So let's get our packs open here. Okay, I've got my pack here. I'll, I'll kick things off. Cool. I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> it's a defender from the Boston Breakers, the, the women's side. Oh. Jordan Angeli Angeli. Oh, I don't have that one yet. I don't have any idea who she is. Uh, she came out of Santa Clara. Uh, yeah, defender. Don't know her at all, I'm afraid. Uh, the guy I have is a one-time FA Cup winner, two-time U.S. Open Cup winner, and one-time MLS Cup winner. Is it Clint Dempsey? No, no. no. I don't know if he won the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, but this is a guy who could find his way into my team, unless you have him. Or unless, I don't think you have him yet, but it's, uh, from your buddy Johnny's team, it's Roger Espinoza. Oh, he might be in my team. I had him in my team at one point. Let me just check. I have my my team saved here. I'm looking at some of his. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He he might. Have, yes. He. You, you do your next card while okay. while I check this. Um, this guy. I don't. Do I know? Remember this guy? Huh. This is a uh, midfield forward. So I'm guessing that means kind of winger. Um. He scored, well, scored six goals, three assists in 2010 for the New England Revolution. Uh, oh, he played with Red Star Belgrade in the Serbian Superliga back in the day. Uh, but he only scored 10 goals in 90 appearances in eight or nine years for them. This is Marko Perovic. Oh. I don't remember him, do you? No, not really. Uh, I don't have Espinosa in my team anymore. I replaced him with Rodney Wallace. Oh, right. So he's all yours if you want. Because here's the thing. He might be the perfect uh, person to put on uh, as a left-footed kind of potential more left-central kind of midfielder in my team. So I'm going to have to look at that. I've got another guy I'm not overly familiar with. Um, San Jose Earthquakes, a midfielder, Ramiro Corrales. Oh, I remember him. Is he? He's left-footed, I think. I have no idea. He used to play in Norway, apparently. My next one is another defender from Houston Dynamo. Another guy I'm not overly familiar with, I've got to say. Eddie Robinson. Oh, Eddie, I remember him. Eddie Robinson. I remember him. Dude, this guy, that, that guy, uh, Corrales, he was at, I think I saw him play at Buckshaw. He he played with, he was at the, it was San Jose three different times, including with the Clash in 1996. Oh, wow. Oh, it doesn't mention that in the back here. It just has earthquakes. Yeah. Obviously, just burying oh, the, the look, look who's stuff. my next. Look who's my. I didn't. Even, I didn't look ahead, but look who my next card is. He's the guy you replaced. It's Rodney Wallace. Oh, it's Rodney Wallace in his DC kit, but Portland card. I've got another earthquake. Uh, I, I, this name's familiar, but not too familiar with him. He's a forward. Had been with the Rapids as well. Cornell Glenn. That's, oh, let's see. Hang on. 
I, I vaguely remember him. Mm. Corrales has uh, two MLS Cups, one Supporter Shield, and one Norwegian Championship from his time. Yeah, he was with Bran and yeah. a team I can't, I'm not Am-Cam. even going to try and pronounce. Hamar Kameratain. Okay, this is a card you have. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, this is one-time Montreal Impact, uh, I believe, MVP of the Voyagers Cup. Left-footed, left-sided midfielder, Justin Mapp. Now, the next guy, if I didn't have a front line that had Wando, Donovan, and Brian Ching in it, he would probably squeeze in. Oh. He's a forward from Real Salt Lake. It's oh, Alvaro yeah. Saborio. Nice. Nice. There's, I got to check this real quick. There seems to be a theme to my cards today. I have all like left-footed players. Okay, my next one is... Oh, oh, we have a match. <gasps> What's match game? That That's never happened. Eddie Robinson. So that's interesting. So that shows that all the packs are different then. Yeah, they are different, but they're... It's weird. The one weird thing, and it's a weird thing I like. I think I know what you're going to say. No doubles? No doubles. Yeah. I'm thinking we're going to get through the whole box with no doubles. Now that's just what they've done. That would be nice, but it's. I think, I think we still won't have a complete set, unfortunately. No, because I've bought Panini boxes the last few World Cups in the hope that I'll maybe nearly complete the album, and there's so many doubles in there. So, mm. now my last card, I... I would love her in my team. I would love her in my life. It's, I think, my favourite female player. Not Christine Sinclair. It's Alex Morgan. The woman that when I was trying to interview her at the Women's World Cup, I couldn't ask her anything because I was just too, oh, it's Alex Morgan. you got to show that to Jeff Tinker. He is a, he, I think he has a Morgan kid. Or maybe maybe not that Big easy. fan of her as a player, and she just seems a, a, a really sweet person. Okay, this is my last one. Cornell Glenn. That's <laughs> weird. That is very weird. Wow. Well, that is our packs for this week. I'm not making any changes to my team from that. I may be making changes, but I will I will notify you. Excellent. I, I don't know if I confirmed when we last did our stream in this, what my current team is so just just to remind you yeah goalkeeper nick romando back line of zarek valentin omar gonzalez marvel win and leo gonzalez i've gone 4-3-3 jeff Laurentovich, rodney wallace Dwayne de rosario in the middle brian ching chris wondolowski landon donovan up front i will probably ditch ching when i get a midfielder that i kind of really want and I'll probably ditch Valentin as well. And I'm still looking to possibly improve my whole defence. But I guess we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I'm playing uh, with what's uh, I'm call, right now calling a 4-3-1-2. And it, my keeper currently is Stefan Fry. I put him in a Bill Hamid. Left back, Jordan Harvey. Center backs, Jay Demerit and Nat Borchers. Right back, Jimmy Conrad. My three in the middle, uh, in the middle are left to right, Kyle Beckerman, Osvaldo Alonso, and David Beckham. My one attacking central midfielder is Javier Morales. And up top, I have Juan Pablo Angel and Thierry Henry. Mm. But there is potential that one of those cards might come into play. Although, I don't know if they're good enough to put up any, any of my four midfielders. But there actually, there's two cards in there that I'm interested in. 
if I had got Thierry Henry before you, he would have been in my team. Oh, I know. That's why I put him in my team. Interesting to see him on the sidelines with Belgium again. Oh, uh, is he back? I didn't see him. Yeah, he was talking to some of the players during the, the game, and I was like, oh, when did is that happen? Is he assistant coach again? It, huh. He just appeared, and I was like, did I miss that big announcement? By the way, Eddie Robinson, four, because of his time with the Houston and the Earthquakes, four MLS Cups, one supporter shield. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway, since we've got chatting about MLS finally, let's get to the meat and the bones of this episode. You've had the appetizer, now it's the time for the main course. The Whitecaps have been off, as you know, for 27 days, and we spoke to Mark DeSantis a couple of shows ago. So we thought we'd be speaking to Mark. Let's have a little chat now with Sporting Director and Chief Executive Officer Axel Schuster. So I did that on Friday morning, and there's some interesting stuff in this, which we will unpack after you, you hear it in full. And yeah, I, I think there's some things in this act that might not leave people overly happy. Let's just tease that off I, the bat. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So go make your favourite hot beverage. Grab your biscuit of choice. Doesn't have to be a digestive, but it would be good if it was. Sit back and enjoy our chat with the Whitecap CEO and Sporting Director, Axel Schuster. So thank you for, for joining us to, today, Axel. I always like to kind of have these chats at the end of kind of different segments of the season. We spoke to Mark a, a week or so ago. So I guess the first thing to really ask you is how how do you look back at these first seven games so far? Are, are the clubs sitting where you expected them to be or do you think they've maybe underperformed from, from where you were expecting them or hoping that they would be? Yeah, I think uh, we we are where I expected us to be after after that difficult time in the preseason and and with all the challenges we had again. Um, but I still think we underperformed uh, result wise. Um, we we should have uh, got uh, more points. We should have scored more goals with the chances we had and um, the games that we played. I think we we had. Uh, um, uh, games that were good enough to to get a point or even three points. If I go back and think about all the games and how we conceded goals and how we didn't score goals out of chances, especially the Minnesota game. Um, if I look at that, what kind of chances we had throughout the whole game, how we could press them, how we could uh, make their life very difficult and how we have not scored uh, with, with ex excellent chances, I think. If you would only use one of those and, and score, uh, we we will not lose the game. That's for sure. Um, we had an empty empty goal in the game against Colorado uh, in, in the moment where the game was still zero zero, and um, and uh, also in our last game in Houston, we we had chances and possibilities uh, to get a better result. So I think result wise not. Um, the performance, but said that uh, the performance was good enough to get more points. And with the distracted, uh, with the distracted 
preseason, um, the, the challenges we had that that a lot of the players, most uh, more or less all of our new players, couldn't join us in preseason uh, until the last ten days of, of of preseason. That that one of our DPs that was a key player that was also a link up player, a player with a lot of assists, is still not able to play with us because he is not permitted to come to the US with some injury stories that we also had that again our our number one center back was injured for a while and couldn't play uh, couldn't play a lot of games and with players coming in late like Caio and and Daiba and and having having a t or needed a little bit of a time to adapt and to 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 the league um, I think we we are our phones okay results not I mean, it's easy when, when we're looking back at, at any part of the season or the end of the season or whatever, it's always like easy to, to focus on the negatives and I'll be coming to some of those in a sec. But let, let's start up with the positives. I mean, what have you seen from these first seven games that's, that's pleased you? What do you think the, the good things are there for, for building on now for the rest of the campaign? I think, first of all, um, beside of the game against Kansas, uh, we are we 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 are a team that that defends well, a team that uh, it's hard to break down, it's hard to score against us. We concede a lot of special goals, but we didn't give a lot away a lot of chances. I think uh, the two goals we conceded against uh, Toronto have been very special. Uh, the goal we conceded uh, against um, Colorado was a free kick from from outside of the box. Um, we conceded a, a goal against Houston, where where the whole team was uh, hoping that the ball got played out for an injured player. So we conceded way special goals, but overall the, 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 we have not given away a lot of chances to our opponents. I think that was an issue last year where our opponents had a lot of shots. So we 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 that's the basis of our game. So um, that helps us. Uh, said that um, uh, we 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 added a few players, especially if you look at Daiba and Caio, that uh, can make the difference. That uh, have, have have qualities and skills to to help us to to attack the opponent's goal. To, to make difference, to to win one one situations, to find the pass, to find a window where to pass the ball, and and said that we already stopped with the positives because then we come to our negatives that that there is then the missing piece there. So the the final link up, the final product, the final pass, um, um, the, the pass into the final third, the pass into the uh, opponent's box, and then the final final shot. Um, we we have we have uh, a lot of space there to grow, um, but not only because we still want to add a player or we we now one more player um, that helps us in that area. Also to use the chances we had because again in the Minnesota game, I think we had excellent chances, better chances than Minnesota had throughout the whole game, and we were not able to to convert them into a goal. So also there. Uh, we we need uh, uh, we need uh, now to get more confidence and and more quality. Um, it's one of the reasons why we added another striker that is a puncher that has proven that um, because we think that 
even without the link up, link up player, without this number eight, ten offensive midfielder, whatever attacking midfielder, however we want to frame it, uh, we would we would we would be able or we ha would have been able to to score more goals. Um, but yeah, we we have not done that, and um, so um, it's time to still adjust things to improve things. We want to be an organization that develops things and develops players. We have a lot of young of players on the pitch, so. We don't feel bad about it at all, but we also know where we have to improve and to become better. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious where, where the missing piece is, where the, the, the whole of the team is, and it is that link-up play. When I spoke to Mark, it, it's been a, a frustration that there's been chances created and they haven't been put away, but you do need that person that's going to be creative. Now, when you, you sat down with JJ and Har just over a week ago, you, you talked about the struggle of adding that number 10 piece, that there was a couple of guys you're interested in. You've made an offer to one of them and you're just hoping that his club then can replace him. I know you can't talk about specific names, but there's a lot of names going out there. One of them is Alan Patrick from Shakhtar Donetsk. They appear to have added a new player and a new piece. May or may not be connected, I know, but I mean, has there been any movement in who this number one target is that you feel closer to being able to announce him? Yeah, so it moves every day. Uh, I think you can imagine that as we are speaking about that since Imbon left the club, uh, there's nothing more important to do in the scouting and recruitment department. Um, and and they are not doing anything else than, than to, to stay focused on that position and to look at players. But what I really want to say uh, that's very important for me is, is we, it's not about only adding somebody that helps us now maybe to get three points out more out of the first seven games that that helps us to to win against minnesota um, right now we want to make a commitment uh, we want to add a player that that helps us not only this season that helps us also to to be a better team next year to make the next step and i think everyone in our organization and every every of our supporters and and everyone who is who is following us also you are desperate to 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 win that one day something to win some silverware and uh, this player it 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 cannot be that in that way that we sign now one player that helps us this year to go to playoffs next year we have now to add another one to win something so so to make next steps this player should be the difference maker uh, that player should be the guy that that it was in the next two three years helps us to be that winning team and for that reason, I don't feel bad about taking the time and waiting and getting exactly the right one. We, we the, the only thing that we maybe change a little bit, uh, although we have not lost the, the, the belief that we will find the guy for the secondary window, we have now started in the same time to, to approach one, two options that can be a security net for the rest of the season. If we get... Uh, to the point and get the feeling that we will not be able to sign the guy this secondary window because then then if we cannot sign in the secondary window then we will not sign somebody this season so then then it makes sense to think about the security net alone a loan option for the rest of the season and to approach the things uh, after after the season again or not to continue to to have the player here for the 2020 um two season 
So that's a little bit of a different approach, but but still working on on the right layer. And I said I said also, um, and I get something over at the first window, but it would cost us unreal money for maybe only not no for for only four games. Yes, it was not only about the cost. It was about the very special situation that is very unique and also COVID-related that between the first and the second window, we only have four games. Mm. And, uh, and, and with an immigration process and all the, all the things that have to be done for visa and work permit, it would be even less than four games because the player, any player that we would sign at the end of the first window would not be able to play the first two, three games in, in, this, in this period before the secondary window opened. So, so for that reason, we were not up to pay, overpay something only to get it over the line at the last few days in the first window as an option came up at that point. And we said we continue and we take the time and we take the time to renegotiate it and to continue to negotiate and to wait um, to get a better deal done for the secondary window. And there was no guarantee that we would get it done in in the last days of the first window. It was only that somebody told us or not the intermediary told us if you pay that amount now, the club probably will accept that. But there was still a lot of question mark and we said no, no. We 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 don't feel pressured so much to get it only that to get it done now because it has to be done now because of the small amount of games and and we added Brian White already. We knew that that we have done that and we 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 still think that with the existing group, if everyone is there and and with the addition of Brian White, we are able to to get. And a good amount of points um, in the next uh, upcoming games, and then this player is is an add-on for uh, the still not second part of the season because even even if the second window opens, we are only at eleven games, so still far away from the uh, from a from half of the season. So it's a lot of games to go, and um, so we we felt comfortable or we we met, took that decision not to rush things and, and overpay things at that point. Now, there's going to be some people listening to that and they're going to say it always it always says it's maybe not in this window, it might be, I might have to wait to the next window. And you've mentioned there you might not be able to get your main target in this upcoming window, it might have to, to wait to the, to the next window. Now, if he does come in in this window, I would assume once he's signed, he's going to have to go through quarantine, get up to fitness with the squad and chemistry. So you might not be even looking at adding him until towards the end of July. Do you feel that, I mean, you touched on it there about the squad that's put together getting points now. If you weren't able to add your main target in this upcoming window and you've got to go with the safety net, do you feel that you've given Mark DeSantis enough tools to be a playoff contending team this season yes absolutely so i don't i i i think i think we um we are way close to the line and and we have missed to get more points we could get better results with with a very special situation uh uh after so very special preseason with uh, our second dp not even being here with uh, injury stories and, and players adding to the group very late because of COVID restrictions and immigration issues. 
So I think we we only can grow and become better. And if if the basis uh, is is that basis that we showed in the first seven games, and we will become better, we we have enough we have enough quality and tools to go to the playoffs. We have already added Brian White. He was a big difference maker for in the last season for the Red Bulls. If he would not score four goals and one assist in the last five games. Red Bulls will not make it to the playoffs. So, so um, he is a player that is proven that he can do that. Um, I've said we will add a player in the secondary window. Um, that there is no doubt. I, I it's not that complicated with quarantine and and adding players anymore because of the vaccination rules that changed in the league. So we have new protocols. So okay. this this will not that will not be the, the problem. Still, we have to do uh, immigration and, pro uh, uh, and 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 visa process. But um, again, um, I I think we can all all of that we can get done in the right time. And as I also said, uh, it's still eleven games uh, on the seventh of July. So um, um, and uh, our 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 most important thing with with our difficult preseason was. Um, and we spoke about that openly to keep it close, to stay close to the line until we have all tools together um, to to stay in a in a in a in a good position in the league. And we are there um, because it's 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 only it's only it's only one game. At, and even some teams have already played eight games. If we win that additional game, we would be in. So with with all the challenges we had, so um, I expect that um, that we grow as a team that we develop things that we become better throughout the whole year and and then it's up to our scouting recruitment team and also to me to, to add additional players that 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 can help us to to jump in this process um, we we we, uh, we are working on that um, and we always gave us the time until the secondary window because of this special situation um, because of, of all the challenges we had and uh, we will we will do something in the secondary window and what I said to you before and that's the big difference maybe now that we 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 want to have a security net in case of that we don't find that that super fit that helps us to 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 become a, a winning organization somebody who competes for silverware so for that reason for that reason we build now a security net because we don't want Marcus Santos and his team going into the into the the two two other thirds of that season in the in the 2023 20, additional games uh, without any addition. Talking of immigration, then it's like I'm sure you're sick of talking about the Ali Adnan situation. Has it not got to the stage now where it's better for maybe the player? And the club just to part ways, and you actually look at getting a replacement in. Yeah, so I think that he probably got more desperate for that than than we. Um, I think it would be way bad style from us um, with all the problems he had, and it's really hard for him as a player to say, "Come on." It doesn't work, and and we would love you now to to find a solution. Have you ever thought about leaving the club? I think we should not use that that really difficult situation for him, where he has not done it. It has nothing to do with that. 
yeah. by the way we also we also nothing but but in reality to to use it as a as a as an argument to say do you think it would not be better to go part so i think he 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 gets more desperate for that because not playing in any competition game since november last year in a good age in a situation where he also competes for a new contract and all of that it's it's not a good solution for him so i i have full understanding for that but we the only thing we do right now is to continue to work on the process to get uh, to get to get the permission for him to come here and to play with us um because he would be another good tool for us to have um so we see still the upside of having him um and and having his qualities on the pitch bigger than than uh, now to open up a spot and to use that spot for an additional player um, so our position is clear we would want to support our player as good as we can to to go through this to go through this difficult time to get through it and to get here at some point um, but we we fully respect if if at one point he and his agent come to me and say yeah but guys what is what kind of guarantee you can give us that he that he will come to the US at some point, that he will be able to play with you. Um, and if you if you cannot give us any guarantees, we have to find a solution. So then then I will be open to speak with him about that. But it's not our it's not our starting point right now. I, I, the whole thing is like baffling to me because you see players from all around the world getting work permits, and obviously I know Ali's from a a country that there's additional issues but has the league not been able to get involved for you and with his current situation if the white caps were back in vancouver would he be able to play games in vancouver but just not travel to the us yes exactly and that makes it even worse and right. it makes it even worse for us as an organization and if i speak about our challenges in the first seven game days and what kind of challenges and problems we had um, I think we, it is only fair to bring all of that up in the if we make an make an assumption or we make a try to make a facet for the first seven games. So if we if we would play our games in Vancouver, Ali would be able to play in every home game. Right. Um, so that's it's it's not only not having him; it's also the the additional fact because we have to relocate. He cannot play the home games as well um the, about the process i can and don't want to speak too much too much about it i only can say he has still the same passport it's still the same player he is still on the same contract there's not a new passport not a contract extension it was only the fact that his first visa for his first contract was not going through the whole contract term so it had to be renewed we ha we sent in all the same document and papers we sent in the first time as he got approved we got additional questions and we got the answer that we cannot do anything right now the league worked together with us all contacts the league had were involved and are involved and it's it's a waiting game now because it's it's waiting for uh, getting getting the the information the call the one call the one email he is approved and he can get the visa crazy crazy stuff i mean we've missed him on the left side of the park and he's a guy that's led the team in assists for the for the last two seasons 
whether he's back in the team or not, and if he does come back, it, it's like having a, a new player. But aside from this number 10 or attacking eight, how many other additions do you feel this squad might need in, in this next window coming up? For, for me, the left side's an issue. I'd like a bit of an experienced head, maybe in the centre-back position as well. I, I know Godoy is an experienced guy, but and Andy Rose as well, but it feels it's missing, like, to go way back, like a Jay Demerit style that the Whitecaps used to have, or just a, a really experienced head back there. Yeah, I think going forward and on wanting, we want to develop something that, that we want to develop a team that really is a winner and, and competes for silverware. You can question every single position because you always can improve quality on every single position. I think we go with the biggest needs now. And um, I think Diver, because of a lot of issues and a lot of uh, different um, small stories of this preseason, the first seven games, we were not able to play our best uh, lineup. We are not playing, not able to play our best um, setup. So it's not only uh, Ali, that obviously would would uh, be a great addition and give us a lot of additional quality on the left wing. Uh, it was also Baldi who was on a way good way and he played in the first games where we got re- good results. We all knew now that we bat- beat Portland. We we got a point away in 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 Orlando against TFC. Um, so he he got injured also and was we had to to readjust our midfield then. Um, because uh, of of this situation, we also played tried to play Dacho as a striker. He did overall well, but he's he, he we we lose him on the on the right wing, obviously. So we we changed there, and Diver played on the right wing. So Diver is 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 was signed as a left winger by the way because he is attacking the goal much more if he comes from the left wing. And, and he had his biggest chances coming from that position. Uh, and he scored his goal coming from that position. So um, Caio, Caio, had, had a, had, Caio needed two, one, two or three games to, to adapt to the league. I think if you see him playing now in the last games, it's a different player than he was in the first game. Oh, yeah. Um, and 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 not having Eric Godoy is is always not good because uh, he is he is our number one defender. Um, yes, said that. Of course, you can say you can increase quality uh, uh, with the centre backs, especially if Eric is not there. You can increase quality in in the fullback position. You can increase quality, but by way fullback in the way good game against Minnesota, Bruno. Gaspar, after after uh, after his time of adaptation and quarantine, he was able to play the first time. He played a very good game there and got injured in that game uh, as well. So so uh, so was out again, not fully recovered. Still not in training, by the way. Still had, had tried to play again with this injury, and and was out again. Was out again. Uh, I, I had to go out again now. Uh, in Houston, so it's still not fully recovered. So, so, so many small stories that relate to 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 the whole story. Why we have not played on our best setup? Having Ali here uh, now with with having a clear second striker uh, with Brian White that that is ready 
that has has that has that competitive level and readiness right now to 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 help and support Gava. Um, yes, it's not only about that one link up player. And yes, in in going forward, uh, I can promise you uh, the number. 10 whatever attacking midfielder will not be the only addition uh, but uh, I, we all know that that or I can tell you uh, that the, the scouting recruitment team is, is doing nothing else than that right now to find that player because we think uh, on all the other positions it's it's not the biggest need uh, yet it's uh, it would be it would be great to have everyone ready fully fully fit to have Baldi I think we also saw some. Some we also also still want to be an organization that gives chances to young players. So I think there. Are, if what I maybe missed to tell you on the question about the positives is that I think Guti getting so much minutes, uh, Gutierrez, okay. um, to see Habibula and Ryan Reposo having impact to our team are definitely positives uh, of the season as well. And yes, um, if you play with a lot of young players, Diver and Kayo are youth player, initiative players, way young players, plus plus the other, plus Guti, plus plus uh, Ryan and 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 Cam that get, are getting to minutes. It it it's for me it's a normal process that not all the things work at the beginning. Beside of all the other problems with young players, because they need their time to find each other to to adapt to the league. So for me, it's not a question that we will uh, going that we going forward will improve, we will develop, we will become better. Talking of getting better, there's a residency graduate. I know him very well. Glory Amanda won the Mark Herman Trophy. I, I've watched Glory come through in the under 16s and the under 18s. Saw him play with WFC two. I followed his career at Oregon, and he, he's just come off a, a fantastic season. He, he's just given an interview with the Edmonton magazine Edify where he says he wants to turn pro. He'd love that to be with the Whitecaps, but there hasn't been a, an offer made to him yet. How he would maybe fit in right now with you just adding Brian White, but he does seem too good a prospect to maybe let get away. How are things going with that just now? I haven't seen his interview and then I don't know exactly what he said. Uh, for me, it's important. Uh, or the only thing I can say that we are in contact with him, himself and his agent. Um, and we are now speaking about another challenge because uh, uh, because of all this, we were working since I'm in the club and uh, since since beginning of 2020, 2020, we are working on a second team solution. Um, yeah. Because I think it's such an important piece for us, for all of those young guys. Uh, if we if we look at our team, what kind of good team we would have, uh, what good kind of good second team we would have. Um, so with with also the, the the problems that we are playing somewhere else, um, and and we we cannot have a second team around us. Um, we we have to to also deal with different challenges here with contracts because we only have that 10 uh, supplemental roster contracts and um, and i i only want to say i saw a few weeks ago even uh, on the mls webpage they were writing uh six i think six or seven at least six six players of um lafc goes for this weekend 
on loan nice. to to their second team. If you can do such things, you can free up roster spots much more easy than we. We cannot do that. Uh, if we want to sign one talent, if we want to sign, sign a player like Cam Habibulia, what we just did, it's a full roster spot and it's occupied. Even if we think at some point he maybe should play for three months in the second team, um, if if we want to sign uh, uh, and and we want to secure a talent, it's always a first team roster spot that we have to use right now uh, to protect our rights of a player. So we are in exchange with him and his agent to see what is possible with us with our situation. Also, with maybe a new situation coming up next season uh, with more options. Um, and I can say that the conversations right now uh, went very well. Um, and and there is what he copies and uh, what he said in the interviews, right? He would love to become professional. I, I think every everyone uh, who is playing on that level wants to become a professional. Uh, he 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 has a great relationship to our organization. We we like him a lot, and we would love to find a solution. We only have to get it done in the actual roster. Uh, compliance rules and we're working on that I, I was going to ask you about the MLS Reserve League initiative but I'll save that to the next time because uh, I know we don't have a lot of time left so I, I want to ask it's obviously been difficult juggling both roles it would be difficult juggling both roles at the best of times but during a pandemic being sporting director being chief executive officer it's it's difficult times you're you're not in in your home market for one thing how do you feel you've handled those roles i mean there's always been a lot of talk folk are like oh it is mark in the hot seat does he feel under pressure do you feel under pressure do you feel in the hot seat do you feel that you've delivered what the fans are, are hoping for so far no, definitely not, because we couldn't. We, we, I, I'm in this club since November 2019, and we have played exactly one game in front of our fans. Um, um, I, had, I had great talks with, with supporter groups. I was on Zoom calls. Mm, the, the, uh, the only good thing about all of that is we are not in our home market, but, but uh, you are anyway doing all of that right now uh, on a platform like we are just doing it and on Zoom calls, on, on video chats, because even in, in Vancouver, if I would be in Vancouver, we are not in the, back in the office. The office is still closed because of the restrictions. So it makes not that big difference if I'm sitting here in a room in, in Salt Lake or if I would sit uh, in, in, in Vancouver in my condo. That's true. Or at, at, at UBC. So I had a lot of talks with them. We, we continue to work on, on, on being a better organization also off the pitch. Um, I think we have done a lot of things already. Um, the, the point is that it's, it's hard to, to prove the improvement because it, you don't have that direct connection with your supporters right now. Uh, they cannot see the experience in the stadium. They cannot see um, how we how we want to 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 improve our service excellence. Uh, how we want to 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 do all the things, because you are not you are not that connected. Because not everyone is reaching out to you. A few guys are reaching out to you. Some some guy some fans 
um, um, have requests or, or we, we have offers, but it's, it's not the same if then if you go to the stadium and you're all together and you, you really feel the club. They don't feel us right now. They see us on, on the screen or they are on the telephone call. I think we have done a lot of things in, in this time. We have added a, a director for diversity, inclusion and community. Um, and we want to play an important role there for, for having a voice for, for minorities, having a voice for, for uh, disadvantaged people, but also working on programs that we want to do in our community to interact and connect with people that are maybe not even supporters of our club right now, but they, they, they but with people that, that should get our support, regardless if they are a supporter of our club, yes or no, and maybe become a supporter of our club because we are supporting other organizations or initiatives in our community where we think it's worth to support them in difficult times. Um, we have added a new CRO um, that is working on a setup for 2022 uh, to, 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 to have a very successful year off the pitch. Uh, we are go continuing and, and have, have, are working with a headhunter right now to add a, a new CMO. We are working and we have, we have not add the person right now. With, we, we are now in the process of adding, a, adding that. We have created a new job for director of, of fans and members and service excellence. We, 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 have, we have created uh, virtual, we have already created a membership format. We want to be a club that has a membership platform. You become a member of our club. And I spoke with a lot of supporter groups um, and, and have been on Zoom calls with them to tell them we want to have interaction in both directions. We want you to participate in future in, 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 in a discussion about things that you think are important and also to, to take part in decisions uh, about stadium experience, about merchandising about the jersey about about how we how we can become a better organization but we are not there we 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 have played one game at home uh with our fans and that was an amazing event for me we, we had a big tifo there was a lot of excitement i really felt so good at, at that day and then then that was the only one if you would tell me at that day i would maybe uh use uh, more time to to feel it and to to to, to live it uh, but it was uh, also my very first game so said that i think we have done a lot of good things um we have prepared a lot of good things coming out of the of that of that pandemic to be a better organization uh to hear uh to hear and to listen to our fans and there is one headline that that going through our whole organization. We want to treat our supporters like members, like owners, like owners. I am coming from a German background, where, where that is the reality, where where your where your members are owners. We want to treat our um, our supporters like that. Um, but <laughs> I think really prove we can only prove it. Uh, really if we are back in Vancouver and play in front of our fans and 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 final sentence because of your question I always feel myself on the hot seat I, I make my myself the biggest pressure um, I am I'm very I'm very uh, unsatisfied with with our situation right now for a lot of reasons because I think we can do better we should do better and I am the first that that really push and kicks everyone to do better 
And so I do myself, do it with myself. But uh, I think um, we, we are in a way difficult time and I want to be ready to prove all of that and to show all of that as soon as we come back and, and play in front of fans. I've got two last things to ask you. One of them is about fans being back. Obviously, we all are just dying to get back to BC Place, dying to get in to see games, get into training and stuff like that for, from our point of view. And it's coming. It seems closer and closer. I know it's probably not fast enough for, for you guys. You are going to be opening up three games down in Utah. And when I first saw that, I thought, oh, that's good, because there'd been a lot of Salt Lake fans that had said we want to come and support the team and and try and give them a home away from home. But then I was kind of baffled as to why one of those games was against Salt Lake, because you're basically letting in however many thousand of the away team, which is surely then going to give a, a negative atmosphere for your own team. And then I, I was talking to Mark about it yesterday, and he raised a point I hadn't even thought of. There's a good chance a lot of Mexican fans are going to be buying tickets to cheer on Chicharito. So again, it's not creating a, a, a good atmosphere for the Whitecaps. So what was behind that decision? It's really easy. Since we since we live it that that every every US team has a has fans in attendance and we play in stadiums where there is an atmosphere and obviously an atmosphere that is not supporting us, a crowd that is not supporting us. Um, it became very clear for us it is still better to play in a stadium with an atmosphere that is against you than to play in a stadium without any atmosphere. Um, I asked I asked the whole group and I can tell you it was ten out of ten that said please open and it is an away game before there's an empty stadium. Um, it okay. is soccer is about emotions. Soccer is about atmosphere yeah. and it's, 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 it's better. It's better to have an atmosphere than, than to play in a stadium where it's zero. Yeah. Atmosphere. And the, the players do thrive in that, I guess, more than the, more than the management team. It doesn't really affect them, I guess, as much as the players on the pitch because players also like to silence crowds. And that's a chance for them to do that. So the, the last thing, coming back to Vancouver, hopefully August, maybe September. I mean, whenever it does open up, there's going to be a demand initially to, to go and see the team because folk are just wanting to, to get there. I don't think ticket sales are, are going to be an issue because it's probably going to be a limited attendance anyway. Moving forward, though, like even next year, it feels like the Whitecaps are becoming a, a harder sell in the city. You've come to a team and you can't do anything about this. It's got a legacy. It's got a history of maybe underperforming, not spending. The owners are called cheap. You, you can go out and spend the most in CONCACAF and transfer fees. But then the salary schedule comes out. Folks see the Whitecaps at the bottom and they're like, oh, see, they're still cheap. It's trying to shake that reputation, shake that image, getting the media interested in the team. I've been on calls recently where there's just like three of us on the call. How do you go about making the Whitecaps relevant in Vancouver, having been away for so long? Yeah, so first of all, in, in doing what we are convinced of to do uh, to become successful, um, I think... Uh, um, I said it in my very first press conference. 
in November 2019, uh, I said, I'm not Harry Potter. I don't, don't expect magic things from me. I believe in the process step by step. I want to prove that we become better every single year, step by step. I think we have done steps last year with a weight. Nobody knew about the virus, as I was saying that. So I, of course, we, we got much more challenges. We had to live in a hotel far away from home um, and, 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 and play all our game out of Portland. I think we've missed the players by three points. Um, three points we, we think we could, we could get. I think our performance was good enough to, to get these three points more and to go to the playoffs the first time since, since a while. And, and we believe in this year in this year to make the next step. And, and it's very important for me, and I think that's my most important role right now, to stay calm and uh, to show proof confidence in our process and not, not question everything after seven games. Seven games, we still got seven points and we are, we are three points away again, or two points, I think, even only from the, from the, from the playoff line after a way complicated preseason again. Somebody brought it up. The Canadian clubs have played 22 games in this season. And we, have, and we had in this 22 games exactly six wins. It's, it's not only us being in that situation. Yeah. And, and so we have two wins. So we are obviously exactly an average for that. So we, and, and, and it's, it's something we don't bring up never ever for any single game. But um, for the 22 games of three Canadian clubs, you can speak about that disadvantage. I think with that disadvantage and all the challenges and not having the number 10 that, that everybody is expecting us to sign as soon as possible to be two points behind the line after seven games of 34. I think my most important job is to stay calm, to do everything that we can do to, to, to the, that the team is best prepared, that Mark has everything he can he needs to prepare the team best that team that is here right now the tools he has here right now and then to 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 do the things that that we think is right and not to sign a wrong player because it's so easy to make a big mistake and sign and i don't want to point it at anyone in this league on that other other clubs but there are clubs that sign the player and after six months they try everything to get rid of the player Every player we signed, we have not tried to get rid of any of those players that we signed yet. We, we, we think that all of them are still good additions to our club. Not saying that, that we think, don't think that, that we can improve quality in the, in the midterm and we have to. But the next edition should be better than the additions we have done before. He should be a difference maker. And if we get him right, I think then, then it's... it's it's then really serious things have to happen that we're not going to the playoffs. And that's the next thing we want to do. And then for the next season, yes, I'm absolutely with you. New additions, new quality, and then new changes. But then, then it's a term after two years, two way complicated years then at the end of the year, two way uh, COVID impacted years. And, uh, but then after a term of two years, we have to question up if the players we signed two years ago are still on that level to make the next step. But that's so normal in our business, and it's 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 uh, it's something that that happens with every club. And so I still feel comfortable with the steps we have done yet. 
And of course, I am the first one who will push for the next step because it's necessary. Thank you as always for your time. Really appreciate it. I I know your family's just come over, so you're you're really wanting to spend time with them. Just before you go, who have you got to win the Euros? And yeah, better be Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little bit weird it's, it's, so, it's the first one where I'm so far away I don't even feel the Euro to be honest uh, I, I, feel, I feel more right now the CONCACAF uh, qualification process and then the Gold Cup coming up I'm more involved in that with, with players of our team being there and, and even thinking about how to manage the time of the Gold Cup by the way where we maybe lose players in, yeah. in mid-season so I, I, I think from a German perspective, we are back at a point where nobody expects anything from the team. Um, the last time we were, have been in such a situation was at the World Cup 2002. I was there in to, uh, Tokyo and, and, uh, and, and, and Japan and South Korea. And I know that we were going to the first game and, and everyone was expecting the team goes out in the, in the, in the group stage. We end up in the final. So... Uh, maybe it helps Germany, but overall, um, I think this group is a group every, I can re- recommend everyone to follow. Germany, Portugal and France are the oh, three yeah. last t- title holders in the world, uh, in, in Europe and the world, because it's the last uh, Euro- uh, world champion, uh, France, the last European champion, Portugal, and the world champion before Germany in one group. Uh, and then uh, Hungary. So uh, I think that's that's the group uh, where 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 you you should follow in the group stage. And then um, whoever comes out of that group uh, has is in a very good position. If you manage that group, you're in a very good position to to go to compete for for the title. That's great. You didn't say Scotland, but I know in your heart you think it's going to be Scotland as a surprise winner. Thanks so much, Axel. Really appreciate it. <laughs> so. Of and course, of course. I, I, in every other group, I'm always for 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 uh, Scotland. As long as they are not playing Germany, I'm totally supportive for Scotland. I like. By the way, I really like the mentality of of the Scottish team. So it really, I think it's uh, hard working and fighting and defending your goal and 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 having a great team approach is something that I in general always like. So, um, so I wish I wish your team all the best. Uh, then let's see let's see uh, if we if we play each other we we can have a follow up on that and then let's see Excellent. what happens I'll hold you to that thanks so much Axel for your time Axel S there Whitecap CEO and Sporting Director a lot of interesting things coming out of that and we are going to unpack those after this Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Every never pretend, but kind of crew of true friends by side of the end. 
Living on the road, this fan is a pilot boat Smash my skin to beat, reload, till your head explode Using for the gas, man's face, surviving by the code of unity Respect, raising up against the whole world Guys about the critics, deceivers, the non-believers All the schemes, spinning lyrics, all the elites deliver I have played, had a spell in love Having fun become a part of a story, it has only begun Out, out, out the basement, who's that? The cold eyes on the deck, by the face, take it out I just speak about one, drop the basement Out, out, out the basement Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month for June here at AFTN, straight out of Moscow, Moscow Death Brigade. And that's a, a song we've played before in the show, a little snippet we had. It was the, the very first song I heard by the band. I uh, immediately fell in love with them, checked out all their stuff, ordered all their CDs, got a t-shirt as well. I, I mentioned on Instagram that they were our Artists of the Month and they gave us three fist emojis in reply and, and liked it. That was Out to the Basement from their third album that came out in 2020, Bad Accent Anthems. Check out all their stuff. You can find them on YouTube, Moscow Death Brigade. And if you like it, order the CDs. Don't bother with this, all this Spotify and and Apple and all that nonsense. Get some good quality CDs like I've got behind me here, which you can't see, but Zach can. Kind of, in my <laughs> crappy camera that I've got on it at the moment because my other one's playing up. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get to the bulk of this part. We're going to unpack a few things that Axel Schuster said there in his chat. Now, straight off the bat, I just want to say, I had half an hour with Axel. As you'll find out from listening to that, it was 50 minutes we ended up going with. I went over a tad. Um, I didn't even get to ask everything that I wanted to ask. And in the end, I had to kind of combine some of the questions, which is possibly not how we didn't get full answers for some of them. And it ended up being a little bit rushed and I couldn't necessarily follow up on stuff because I was trying to get as much covered as possible. But we'll, we'll chat with them again for some of the other things. But before we get into it, just what what is your overall thoughts off that chat, Zach? Oh man, um, yeah. There's well, we'll get into it more in more detail, more. But I, I mean, overall, I'd say it's it, it's disappointing and concerning. Is yeah, that, I think is that, is that unfair? No, um, I mean, Axel was very honest and open and uh, oh yeah, no, about everything. But yeah. some of what he said is probably really not what the fans are, are wanting to hear right now. And, I mean, the big thing, let, let's get it right off the bat, the number 10. They've spoken for ages that that's the need. Everyone knows that's the need. Mark's frustrated at not having it. Um, a week or so ago, Axel sat down with JJ and Har and spoke about it and said, yeah, there's a, a number of new targets because the, the the other ones didn't work out for various reasons. What number are we on? I think it's six or seven now. I'm not sure if any of these ones play in the number 10 shirt, but I guess we'll find out if we ever get somebody. But I mean, he, I mean, he kind of indicated to, to them in their chat, and we talked about it, I think, on, on last week's show, maybe, that they, they've made an offer to the main guy that they want. And because of that, they can't really go make offers to anyone else because you can't then make offers to two people and then they both take it and then you're in a bit of a pickle. We're not into Miami, let's be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you've got to go one at a time. So that I totally get. 
And the the club that they've made the offer to had accepted the deal. The player is good for coming. They just have to to get a replacement for this guy leaving. So there'd been lots of rumours. Alan Patrick from Shakhtar Donetsk. And Axel was never going to confirm that. So that's why I didn't push him too much. I just kind of threw that name in, mainly to see if I got any reaction visually when I said it. But she didn't. He he was good. He didn't he didn't crack. Um, but the, Shakhtar's added somebody now, so Patrick could move on if it is indeed him. I'm now not so sure that it is him because, as Axel said there, their main number ten, the guy that they want to be with the club for a couple of seasons, might not come in this window. They might not be able to get it done in this window. It might have to wait till January. And there might be what he called a security net. I would call it like a fallback plan of adding an on loan number 10 stroke attacking eight for the rest of the season so that he could give Mark some help in that area. That is really not what folk would have wanted to hear. No, I mean... I mean, I didn't pick him up wrong. That is what he said, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean... It is like this is where you play the meme from Will Silver, right? Next window, mm-hmm. you know, you have the drive-through McDonald's. Next window, next window. Um, it, and it, I kind of I got that little shot in that fans will say, "Why is it always the next window?" Because that's right. that's how it's feeling. It does feel like that just now. Why is it always the next window? And I I know you could say in the past, COVID being out of the home market. I get that. And Axel did say when he spoke to Har and JJ, I didn't want to go over the same stuff he'd said to them, so that's why right. I kind of came at some different things. But he basically had said to them, players have said, no, uh, until you know when you're going back to Vancouver, I'm open to coming. If I'm still available, get back in touch, but I can't commit to that just now because of like family situations and everything like that. That I get. That must be a complete nightmare. There's a lot of footballers in the world. Somebody must surely want to come. It's uh, it's it's uh, incredibly frustrating. Like it, it, it just, I, I don't understand how people. There's not like an uprising, you know. I mean, like not maybe, maybe not like Rapid Vienna, you know, putting bricks in front of the FO's, you know, building <laughs> to block them from going in. Yeah, but, but we, oh, it's okay. I thought you meant through the windows. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I, yeah, boarding sure. it up so they can't get in. Yeah, I think I think it was their own. I think it was their own front office once they... Pushed. Are you sure it was they couldn't get in or they couldn't get out? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was they showed... Yeah, it was overnight they put it up. Anyways. Um, but yeah, like I just... I don't understand how people are... Some people seem to be so um, patient or lacking in caring or lacking in ambition or like I don't... I, I don't understand it. Now, I think... There's reasons for this, obviously. Like you said, the pandemic is a big reason. Another reason, which I don't think you just mentioned now, but we've talked about a little bit in the past, or at least once in the past, is is there a chance that this is, you know, Mark DeSantis is not going to have his contract renewed mm. and they want to make sure that their their next coach is on board with this? Um, maybe, and maybe they yeah. don't have to wait. Maybe they don't have to wait until that happens. But maybe there's some, you know, stuff I'll going on. I'll be honest, that crossed my mind. Because... Like, chatting to him, it's like... Because he did say... Because I didn't ask him about Mark again, because obviously JJ and Har had. 
And they said several times now that nothing's happening this season. And you can't get somebody to commit beyond that because you don't know what's going to happen this season. Mark could have a great remainder of the season and we get the playoffs and everything's great and things continue. Hard to see that without having some extra personnel in there to help him do that, which was one of the other questions I asked Axel. Mm. Does he feel he's given MDS enough quality just now, enough pieces to make the playoffs? And he's like, oh, absolutely. Which, again... You would expect him to say, like, he's going to say, it's not, it's not correct. I know. Would you certainly say, no, I'm not doing my job well. I didn't give him good enough options, whatever. But to, I mean, the the person on the street could tell you that that's not the case. You know, like, it's so obvious that they, they do not have enough pieces to be competitive in this league and they're not spending enough to that end. And you can hold, like, I mean, we've had conversations about, oh, well, but if they spend $2 million on this player, which for them would be crazy money. Um, would it though? Because they have been spending a lot in transfer they, fees. No, but I mean, I mean the salary. Oh, never, yeah. I think, yeah. What is it? 1.77 is the highest salary somewhere. 1.9, something like that. Like that's been the yeah, highest. Cavus. So, but, but again, you can't factor what they're not spending, right? And it's also kind of awkward to factor in what they're spending on an eighth of the roster of a player who's not playing, which we'll talk about in a few moments. <laughs> you know, like so, how can you how can you expect people to believe you when you say, "Oh no, we've given the coach more than enough." You know, we give him all he needs. I mean, it's I mean, not. It's what, not. What I would say is they're not too far out of the playoff places just now at this point of the season. Yeah, but, but it's seven games. It's seven yeah. eight games. Like, of course, you're not. I I think. I think you can't be 100% certain, obviously, because it's football. But the way that things have panned out, I don't see this being sustainable without these extra pieces coming in because there's a massive gap. Now, Brian White could change things because, I mean, well, he, he just banged two goals in against Ogden. I was going to say, he can score against Ogden at least. Yeah. Or at least he can score. At least they got four goals and they kept a clean sheet. I'm taking that as a positive. But, like, I, we're being funny, but like, in all seriousness, I have high hopes for Brian White. And I genuinely feel he's going to finish the season with more goals than Lucas Cavallini. Uh, which is I going mean, to raise a lot of questions if that is the case. Hey, man, if the Whitecaps get better than a one goal to per million dollar transfer fee on Cava, I think they'll be happy, no? Yeah, but they need to add more pieces. I, I can't see them being competitive. Yes, they could sneak in. And yes, in the playoffs, every team can have its day. You can just ride some luck, get all the way to the final, and who knows what happens. That's a maybe fantasy world. And Yeah, and again, I think this is where this goes back to me for like communication is so important, right? I... I I mean, we on one on one element we can talk about what the city of Vancouver and the supporters of Vancouver expect, and that's a one conversation. But that's influenced by history and definitely in, influenced by the communication from uh, from from the FO and from the owners. But their communication uh, has also like led people to have higher expectations than they should, right? Their their expectation, oh, you know, yeah. going back to like, Je Jeff Marlitz, in the world. Yeah, and Jeff Marlitz saying top third of spending. Top third of spending, uh, top 25 in the world, 
Uh, Seattle will look like a picnic or whatever the, that, that, you know, that thing was, that whoever, I don't know if it was Bobby who said that, said something along those lines. Um, all kinds of things that they talk about that create, and they're doing it. They're doing because they want, because they have that, we have to sell tickets. And so we got to say things that sound good and look good and blah, blah, blah. But I think I, they forget that it's always out there though. Yeah, exactly. And then it's it, going to just get brought up and up and up. Well, but that's the thing though. Cause when you go to meetings with these people and you bring up the past, they're like, no, 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 no. We've, we move past that. Like we apologize or we sort of pseudo apologize for that. Now let's, we move on. Like in those supporter meetings, like, um, I don't know. You ever seen those reset button or those buttons from, um, was it Home Depot or Staples or whatever? It's like a reset yes. button or something. It was, that's what like being in those meetings was like every meeting. It would be like, you know, hit the reset button. Let's start again. Let's start a fresh, forget about those mistakes we made. And let's, that's how everyone move forward. Let's get the synergy going. And it's like, like to, to be fair, though, the issues of the past, you can't move forward. No, but to be fair, we probably should. Because, like, yes. Paul Barber said that he's gone about the top 25. Jeff Mallett said that. If he's come out and said, if he comes out and says, look, our, our current plan is we're going to spend money on transfer fees to get in young talent that then doesn't get paid as much because the younger and younger players don't command those big salaries but they're going to be quality players. I'm fine with that. Yes, but that's the thing. You're right. Paul Barber maybe shouldn't be brought because he no longer is a servant of the club. But Jeff Mallett is an owner of the club who made those statements um, to keep people hooked, to keep people engaged, to keep people paying them money. And he, he owes it, and they own it, and the ownership owns it, and the FO owns it to say if that's changed to say if there's a, a a new way forward and to explain it they owe it to those people uh if they want those people to keep giving them their money i think to be because honest though i think i think there's going to be a lot of kind of clear the air meetings towards the end of this year between clubs supporters maybe supporters groups i'm sure they'll have meetings with, with a lot of you guys i think they'll have public forums they'll have season ticket because they've been away from the city for so long and like the last thing that I asked Axel there is like, how do you make the Whitecaps relevant in Vancouver again? The easy answer is a winning team on the pitch, obviously. If you're winning, the fa it's like, it's like oh, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You build a winning team, they will come. But they've been away for so long. This year will not be a problem selling tickets if it's limited tickets and folks just want to go and do stuff. Next season, they need to have these meetings. They need to to set out. Look, like what I said, we're, we're not going to be spending money on salaries because we're going to spend it on transfer fees to get young talent. Fine. If they explain that, when the salaries come out, folk won't be like, oh, typical cheap white caps. But if you look into it, there is a reason. Plus, if you add that DP or two DPs, the salary is going to go up a bit from where it is. But, but Michael, the, the problem with having those type of meetings, because again, I've been in those meetings. Oh, I've been in them too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Of course you have. But like the problem is it's like, uh, what's the, what's the little, the little boy who cried wolf. Yes. Right. Like the, they don't have credibility. People don't believe them. People don't trust them. And, and again, going just back, what is it, like a year, year and a half? Like that's why people like Mark Panis. Because he was honest and he owned mistakes and he was willing to actually do something, not just say, okay, we're going to 
okay, let's restart. Okay, pretend everything else didn't happen. Let's go forward. He was like, no, let's deal yeah. with the issues so that we can actually move forward. So if they have those kinds of meetings and it's, it's, I think it's hard for a lot of people to actually trust them and believe that they're being honest. No, that's totally fair. And this is going to sound weird. I was thinking about Mark Panis in the shower this afternoon <laughs> because I do a lot of thinking and planning for the show when I'm having a shower. So I was thinking about what we're going to talk about with unpacks and unpacking Axel. And folk can't see this. Zach just looks appalled at that comment. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But I, I, I also do a lot of thinking while I'm showering. Yeah, what I was thinking about Mark was, it, it's like... They've gone away. There's been the global pandemic. So they could have said, we hadn't expected any of this. If they had got rid of Mark before the pandemic started, they could be like, well, we didn't think this was all going to happen. Because, right, I'll go back a bit. How I got to think about this was Axel with his two jobs. <laughs> now, if this club was being run properly to begin with, and we had a semi-decent team on the pitch. One man can probably do those two jobs. It would still be very tough. But I think one man could do it. And I spoke to Axel end of last year. And I think I said, I asked him, oh, it was because after one year in the job, is it going to be difficult managing the two, the two roles? And he said, well, no, because the team will all be built and then I can just focus on the the business side primarily because we won't be making too many additions. And if that had been the case, that's fine. But now you've got a sporting director that's still trying to build a team and get key pieces and a CEO that's trying to make a team relevant in the city that they haven't played in since March last year. And as Axel said there, he's had one home game since he has been at the club. But that's also either naive or ignorant of him because, or he's been led astray <laughs> because M MLS roster building and roster maintaining is so much different than the places he's, he's done it in the past mm. with, with the salary budget and all the umpteen mechanisms that are in place, you can't just keep going with the team like i mean look at look at like let's use like salt lake salt lake or your kansas city maybe uh, you know either of those so, you know let's let's go with salt lake salt lake wins in 2009 has this great group of players they keep them together for as long as they can but eventually either players need to get paid more and they can't keep them all together so some of them start to leave like will johnson as one example i know there's others but will's one that that stands out um kansas city right finally they had to make i think didn't they have to make uh Zussi or Beasts are like DPs or like mm. definitely town players and stuff. They had to do this because you you they couldn't with the way the structure of their contracts and the amounts and with the, how the the, the rally thing. Yeah, moved. The, the way that that's going, Russell Tyler's going to be a DP here in a couple of years' time. But, but that that's the, all these so all these things are different. And I, I, without going and crunching the numbers and looking at everything, and I think it's different in the lower uh, the low, as you go down the the as you go down the the pyramid in in European leagues. But at that higher level that he has been a part of, uh, it's much easier to like keep a roster together and only have to bring in a few players here or there. In yeah, MLS, yeah. it's it, you're usually having a, move, a, a swing of like at least a thirty roster, at least ten players 
if not more. Like to do less is is kind of noticing. That's why people this year I think were like, wait, TFC. I heard you on you know in your conversation with with, uh, with Kristen from Vocal Mind Order. What you guys didn't move anyone? You didn't sign like one residency mm. kid or whatever. Like that it was for MLS. That's crazy, and I think that's partly the partly the pandemic and that we're doing some other stuff. Yeah, and they I mean, have they are now. now. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it like it it's in in M all that to say in MLS a technical director or sporting director job. Or, or I guess in this case, the CEO job that is overseeing that stuff is always going to have a significant amount of time need to be spent on that because yeah. there is so much happening there. And and so it, again, either he's been led astray, he's being naive or ignorant about what that really takes. But what but I also then say, see... He has said he brought... He has yeah. said, I have a good team and we're bringing in people and they have done some of that. Yeah, so that, that's what I was about to say because he, he's surrounded on the playing and team building side. He's surrounded, he's got a scouting network, yeah. he's got all, all these other guys and on the business side, they've brought in all these people that's going to make a lot, lot of the de mm -hmm. decisions. Either way, I still think one man should not be doing both those jobs. Uh, it's no. like, you, you can maybe look at Peter Vermees He's general manager of Kansas City and head coach. But look, as you've just said, they've had stability and something to build on that's been successful both on and off the park. And they've got buy-in, they've got sellouts, they've got big demand. It's an easier job. Well, but also I think his titles are coach and, and general manager. I yeah. don't think he's a CEO. No, no, yeah, right? it's, it's just not, general So he's not manager. technical director and in charge of all the business of the no. operation. It was interesting, like Axel mentioned there, that he said, we'll evaluate everything and there'll be, there'll be changes next year, was one of the phrases that he used. Um, you could look at that on the personnel side, playing-wise or whatever. He, he said the players that we brought in two years ago, he's going to kind of evaluate and see uh, where they are, if they're the right decisions and et cetera, et cetera. Some will be, some won't be. Jasa Kamiri, obviously, is a bust. We talked about this in our, our YouTube thing. The poor guy's injured again. Yeah, I don't know how serious. Lower lower body injuries are. Oh, right, sure. yeah, his, his hair band was not too tight. It's okay. But it's like, I feel sorry for the guy. He's just, he's yeah. made a glass and it, it's a shame. But, I mean, he's a guy that you can look at to be a bust. Eric Godoy fingers crossed, will be a guy that you think, yep, this is a guy we're going to build the team around in the future, as long as he can stay healthy. But, like, going back to the whole Mark Panis thing, so the reason I thought about that was, like, if the Whitecaps hadn't got rid of Mark during the pandemic, like, if they hadn't hired him to begin with, or they got rid of him before the pandemic really took hold and said, oh, this isn't the way we want to go... Then they could have used the pandemic as an excuse of, well, we didn't see this coming, you couldn't plan for this. But they got rid of him during the pandemic. Yep. So that you can't really use that no. as an excuse. As to, oh, I'm too busy, it's been really hard juggling the two jobs, which to be fair, Axel did not see. No. Um, yeah, right, like, let's get into some of the other stuff. Ali Adnan. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Mark's asked about it every time he basically has a call. So is Axel. I asked him again. I do feel they should just call it a day. Let him free. Go do what they want. You want to get some money back. Obviously, transfer value. But his transfer value has dipped a little bit. 
I mean, Axel said the club aren't looking to move him on, but kind of basically said they're sure that Ali wouldn't mind that situation if he moved if he moved on because he just wants to play. But interesting that he could have played if we were in Vancouver, he can play all the home games in Vancouver, but he can't then travel to play any away games. So at least if we get back to Vancouver in August, we've got Ali Adnan that's going to play the home games. And we've got more home games than away games. But that just shows you how ridiculous this whole work permit situation is. And I, I, I still don't get it. Axel clearly doesn't get it either. I, I, I don't know what the, what the problem has been. Apart from the fact that he revealed that the, the work permit was not the length of the initial contract. And that, that's where the problem has arisen. So whose fault is that? I don't know. I I, I could guess. Hmm. I don't know if they thought we'll have him for a year. We'll move him on. <laughs> a but pandemic hits. It's like oh crap, we can't move him on now. We can't get another work permit for him. But that, isn't that so short sighted and so like? It is baffling. So so he said it. That... I, I think he said they had to rush it through, and it was like. Because they were rushing it through, it was a different time or something. I'd need to go back and listen to exactly what he said. Man, that... I mean, that sounds like like par for the course with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, why Why would you do that? I mean, I mean, I guess part of... We know part of their intention was to try and sell them for more than they paid for them, obviously. But still, like that... That makes doesn't that make it, the situation even worse? Yeah. Like imagine imagine Marcus Mark Santos. I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe he was involved in making that decision of oh yeah, let's go for the reason. I, I doubt it somehow. Yeah. So like, oh man. But again, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, there's also uh, the, the higher you go up is is where and maybe this is not different than most organizations. The higher you go up, the the less accountability there is. So so if you yeah. screw up and you're at the top. Well, we know. I mean, I mean, it's something I'd like to follow up on. As, as I said at the top here, it's like I was rapidly running out of time because I only had half an hour and we already it, were going way over. It, so I'd like to at some point find out how, now that it's kind of sunk into me, how did that happen? Yeah, because like that needs to be answered for. I mean, the, the Breck Shea thing we asked in a public forum, finally. Like it was just like, this needs to be asked. And it was like, yeah, there was a mistake. And the the person, well, I don't know if the person really owned it. We knew who the person was, but at least it was like in a public place on the record finally. Yeah, yeah. But like, and obviously that did nothing. It didn't matter that it cost them, you know, whatever, three quarters of a million dollars. Um, or let's say three, three to three and a half hundred thousand dollars more than they would have paid him. But like, yeah, I mean, this, this is, again, if you're, if you're Mark DeSantos, we talked about this before. Maybe he's not super disappointed his contract's coming to an end if you're having to deal with this level of incompetency. Yeah. But, like, going back to what I asked, how do you make this team relevant in the city when right. they're struggling to get, like, media coverage? They, they, they've got a play-by-play guy that has a very popular podcast, very lots of Twitter followers, hardly mentions the team. It's all Canucks. And I get that. That's his main audience. But surely if you're the play-by-play guy for the team... You want to help promote that team and have folk listening to your broadcasts. So, I mean, they need more media coverage. Um, I mean, I, I was on the, the call with Max Crippold during the week and there was like three of us on it. 
So, I mean, that's just shows you where the interest is in the team just now. And I get it because there's not a lot of column inches to fill. There's not a lot of actual paid media these days. There's, there's that. Winning will get more interest. And I'm pretty sure when the team do return to Vancouver, they're going to do a big media blitz. But is it just down to winning? Is is that all that really matters at this point? But you can't... It, it can't just be about that, Michael. Like, it, like, like both long-term and in the here and Long-term, no, but like short-term to try and get any kind of excitement. Yeah, yeah, but if that's the case, then why would you build such a team that's lacking in so much quality? Like, that's not good enough. Like, it, it, the, I mean, yeah. Axel, or Axel knows this. I mean... Oh, yeah. I, I can't go into the details, but Axel knows that... Axel knows that winning can't be the only thing you're about, like, because you're not always going to win. And then what do you do? Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, what uh, for me, they don't, they, they won't do this and they don't have time to do this and they don't have people who are interested in doing this. They don't have the energy for this. Um, but like, you need to make this a community thing. You need to make this more than about money and even more than about the sport. You need to make it. Yeah. Make it bigger than that. Well, I mean, I saw talked there, and I'm curious to get your take on this, because obviously you know all about German football. He talked about they've introduced a membership system at the Whitecaps, similar to what they have in Europe. Where no, the, the no, people, no, I know, no. I know it's not similar, but it's like he, where the folk feel like they're owners, but it's no. different because in Europe you are, and yeah. you've got more of a say. Yeah, that is never going to fly in North American sport, apart from maybe places like Detroit City or clubs that's forward thinking and progressive like that. Comparing what the Whitecaps are doing to what happens in Germany is ludicrous. It is it, not even in the same region. What the Whitecaps did was they said, hey, what gym memberships do is really great. It's hard to get out of those. It's less work for the Italian <laughs> people. You, you sign up and then you have to actually cancel and fill out all this paperwork to actually get out of it. So is this Steve Nash's idea? No, I don't know if it's no. Actually, what it was, from my understanding, uh, is there's. I think the Whitecaps were early on this in North America. They were the second or third or something, but they were modeling it after a, a team in somewhere in the states uh, that wasn't. I don't think it was football. There was some team in some other sport in the states that began to do this and found it meaningful and saved them time, therefore saved them money. Blah blah blah. That's oh, why they did it. It's it, 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 it's totally about saving time and saving money and saving energy. Like that, that's what it, that's what, that's why they did it. Um, so it, to, as opposed to them calling you and saying, Hey, do you want to, do you want to buy tickets again for next year? Oh yeah. Just all you're, you're already news, in, you have yeah. to, you have to jump through their hoops to get out. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in, in, in Germany, uh, in Germany, the, the membership thing is you pay something to be a member that's outside of your season tickets. Now it opens you up to, oh, the, I, I think different clubs do it different ways, but it opens you up to being, uh, able to get access to certain things of course but um yeah the big thing is you vote at the members you vote for you know the the membership meetings or for the membership meetings this this stuff right you, there's things you actually vote on and so the closest and it's not that close really but the, i think the the and it pains me to say this and you know get a donut out for yourself and go you're gonna celebrate. say but, seattle with their oh, alliance yeah, seattle yeah. at least try to do something that had more weight than you know 
but it, it's not perfect and not not no i was i was gonna out. actually say to you does the way that that alliance council that seattle have is that the way forward that you'd like to see short term for north american sports because obviously it's not going to change overnight it's not going to be fan own ownership in mls anyway I don't. But, I can't remember. I can't remember all the details of how they run it. But all I remember is, yeah, like. Uh, well, you get voted in for a term, like Hannah now. Hannah, Hannah, I can't even say. Yeah, it's like a two Adrian, let's just call him Adrian. He gets voted in for a term, right? And, and but then he even, can run again. And didn't they have like? Didn't, don't they have like a say on like Garth Lagerway or something too? Like that position? Possibly. But anyways, I, I like it because there's accountability, which yeah, is the exactly. big thing that we've talked about for years. Which is why you, it's, it's hard to see it in Vancouver. Um, because you know there would be people who would not be voted in. Let's put it that yes. way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that is, and again, without knowing all, remembering all the, the details of it, I used to know more about it. Um, uh, it. I think that's a step in the right direction. You're right. It's a, it, it's a, it's a, a positive step. Is it the be all and the end all? No, I think there's more to it than that. And I think, I think there's even potential to see that at different levels in our in our, in our country hopefully um you know having been yep hopefully. having been engaged with some cpl conversations over the last what is it four or five years yeah there are people in some of those conversations who are open to differing degrees of what it looks like to actually have the supporters the fans be more a part of the club not just customers of the club right and that's one of the things that is exciting and obviously that's not something that's universal in the cpl but there are people who are open to that and uh and i hope that that i hope that whatever happens in the lower magnum with cpl i hope that there's some kind of element to that or some kind of i hope there's some steps in a positive direction <laughs> uh when it comes to that with the, the canadian premier league in the in the lower mainland um who who uh when will that happen <laughs> uh yeah yeah I, I haven't talked to any anyone in uh well I've talked to people since you and I've last talked about it but I don't have any updates on timelines. No, like right now I'm just excited for PCSL that's going to be getting underway very shortly, end of this oh, yeah. month, and then the like the Canadian National League that's going to be starting, and then the BC League One that's going to be starting, or I say Can Canadian National League is going to be starting, possibly. It's going to be starting next year, and then is that the pseudo D two? The pseudo yeah, D2? that's the pseudo D two league. Yeah, that's like I don't think that's going to be a sanctioned league, is it? They're hoping it is. I don't think that's going to be sanctioned. I, I, I as, at this moment right now, I can't see them actually being sanctioned by the CSA. It, it's it's people who probably have uh, some good um, desires and and objectives and stuff. But there, are, I think some of their ideas are counter to some of the things that are happening in club football in Canada, and therefore I think they won't be sanctioned. Would be my just my. No one's told me that. I'm not like that's not insider information. That's just my my take on things from what I know and how I look at it at this moment. I, I, Does that mean they can't run their own league or do whatever? Maybe, yeah, I, I, I mean it, it might not be uh, the, what they're looking for. It might not be D two, but. I think there will be something, but we'll we'll get into that another day. Let, let's get back to to the Whitecaps. So yeah, we, we know where the holes are. We've we've talked about a lot of that before. No point going over it again. We we need to strengthen. Uh, Glory Amanda, we've talked about it before. Asked Axel about it. Glory had a interesting chat with Steve Sandor, um, in the oh, yeah. edi Edify 
uh, website and magazine that, that Stephen runs. And basically, Glory said, I want to turn professional. I want that to be with Vancouver because I know the city, I know the club, but they haven't made me an offer yet. So I asked Axel and he's like, oh, I haven't seen that that interview. Uh, we're aware of him. We, we're looking at it. And I, I asked Axel, where's he going to fit in if you've added Brian White? And obviously he can fit in because Glory can be a young guy that comes off the bench. Like if you're starting Kava and Brian White, Glory can be the guy that comes on. So there is a place for him to fit in. I was hoping to maybe get an answer from Axel that I didn't really get on that. But they're aware of him. They're looking at him. They just haven't offered him a, a deal yet. I would have thought that was a priority. You, you don't want to let him get away. Okay, it's, uh, taking all these public comments at face value, um, because you and I both know that there, this could be posturing, this could be other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you not do what you can to sign yep. Glory Amanda. If, 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 and I think it is, if part of what they were trying to do is buy younger players and sell them on for, for more, why would you not A sign- Mac Herman trophy winner with, it, a, it, with an amazing backstory that you could market so much it, and it, a brother that's playing here as well. And they've yeah. come out of refugee camps. He's been at the same club as Alfonso it, Davies. Exactly. All that. They can tie it into their favorite, their favorite marketing. Of, yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 it and is, I know it's not just about marketing for footballers. You've got to do it on the pitch, but it, it's, it's a golden goal for them. It's yeah. a gift. It, it is unbelievable that get it done and sign them up. Basically. The comments that Mark DeSantis and Axel Schuster have made on that subject are, uh, concerning, concerning. And now, now to be fair, one or both of them might just say, yeah, we don't rate him. We think he's overrated, or the level, or the whatever. Maybe they have some. Maybe they have some reasons. But from where you and I sit, it it feels ludicrous. Like it, it it doesn't. It, it it feels absolutely ridiculous. Well, hopefully they do. I mean, it could also be about money as well. It's the that he may, as you say, it could be posturing. Maybe he's going public. I look. I want to join to try and force them to offer him a better contract, and they're probably offering him. Because if he was allowed to go into the draft next year, he would get Generation Adidas as the Mark Hemmen Trophy winner. Yep. And he'd then have a bumper salary guaranteed for about two, three, maybe even more years, depending on games played and stuff. But can he go into the draft if they have his rights? No. So that's exactly. the problem. Right. But, yeah. I mean, that. Well, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But so, Just so people know, if, if there's newer-ish listeners out there, I mean... Again, maybe ignoring the face value comments. Like, yeah, there have been multiple players who have done everything they could so that the Whitecaps did not hold their rights in MLS yeah. in the past, including going playing in college and then moving on to other places and stuff. So maybe he do- he really doesn't want to be here and he's just, yeah, he, his comments have something to do with what he really wants to do. I I don't think so. I think he genuinely does I ho- want I mean, to start his pro career here, but he probably I, will want to move on quickly. But yeah, th- this is an ideal place for him to start. I would love to see him play play in Vancouver. See, we've we've seen him play a bunch over the years, and yeah, I would love to, I would love to see him to see him do that. And I think it would be awesome for a year or two before he hopefully moves on to yeah, ideal Europe. You've got to find a place on the roster for him, of course, which is possibly tricky. But well, 
We'll see what happens there. But I mean, the, the White Caps, they're back at it on Friday night. I actually thought the game was on Saturday, but when I was getting things ready for this, I saw it was on Friday night against Real Salt Lake, and they're home away from home. We're not going to delve too much into that because we're hoping to do a preview show with Joe and the guys during the week to, to get into that. But are you excited to see them back, or is that the last thing you need with all this feast of football on just now? I've, I've been quite happy for the break, I've got to be honest. Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Whitecats have dropped in the standings though They're now 11th Because there was a game yesterday Austin and Sporting Kansas City drew one all At Sporting Kansas City on Saturday afternoon Austin Had a test event to have Fans in at their new stadium That's going to be opening I think this weekend Um, And it looks It looks great I so want to go down and see see a game Down there at, at some point so the fans were really up for it. They got to see a one-all draw. They showed the game on the big screen. So, I mean, that was good. But 7 o'clock kickoff, away to RSL on Friday night. Three weeks later, we face them again. Uh, this time as hosts. And it's one of the three games that we talked about that the Whitecaps are selling tickets for. Baffling in many ways because you're selling tickets in Utah to take on the team from Utah, and the whole point of it was, well, there's there's fans down there that want to come and support us as, and thank us for being there. So you're selling tickets against the team that they support. Okay. We, we heard Axel's thoughts on it there, which I'll come to in a sec. I want to just play you first a little bit of audio from Mark DeSantis. I asked him uh, about that and not not as excited that the fans are going to be in there. Here's what Mark had to say. Just touching on the fans aspect, the the club's letting fans into the three of the home games, two of them against LA, one against RSL. I know it's not going to be the same, but are you kind of excited at all for that? Or are you just kind of keeping an eye just now on the border? Obviously, the NHL's got an exemption for the Canadians to travel back and forward. Are you just hoping it's going to be a matter of time now until... I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been hoping since March of 2020 and things have been dynamic and things have changed a lot. So right now I don't have, I don't live in a fairy tale and think, are we going to go back home in this date or this date? I just let things go. Um, I'm not excited when it's fans from the other team. I don't know why somebody would be exciting, excited to go play Kansas City in Kansas with the fans of Kansas City. I, I don't I, see I, excited. I was meaning more the LA game because there's there's fans in Salt Lake that want to come and support the Whitecaps, it, it appears. I I hope. So, so that's a good point. If it's us playing Salt Lake with the fans of Salt Lake, that doesn't excite me, I'll be honest with you. Against the LA Galaxy, I don't know. I don't know. I know, and we have somebody here from Salt Lake that could help me more with that. Uh, we There's a big Mexican community, right, in Salt Lake City. And uh, if they all come more to push and to cheer for Chicharito and Jonathan Dos Santos, it's not exciting for us either, you know. 
I'll be excited the day where we play home and it's home and it's our flag, our fans and it's our flags and it's blue and white and they push for us and it's our city. As long as we don't have that, I have to be honest with you, Michael, I don't get excited with the fans of the other teams. So Mark DeSantis there, not really, as he said, why would I be excited about having fans coming in that is possibly going to be cheering uh, against us. But I asked Axel about it, and he said the answer's simple. And it, it isn't money. I thought it might have had something to do with that. But he, they asked the players, and he said the players, to a man, would rather have fans in, even if they're rooting against them, than having an empty stadium. And I kind of get that, because footballers love to silence fans as well. But... I guess RSL, I just think it's a bad, bad decision. The Galaxy, I think it makes sense. But, I mean, Mark raised an interesting point there that I hadn't thought about. You're going to get a lot of Mexican fans that are turning oh. up to cheer on Chicharito. Of course he's not going to say it's about money. but here's oh, Unless here's... he's at the Gold Cup, of course he might not be. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. They might say it's not about money, but there's no way that the Whitecaps are doing this if they're going to lose money. Right? There's oh, ab- yeah. There's no, there's no way they were doing this if they weren't confident that they have a chance of ma- not losing slash making money, trying to offset some of their costs of doing all the things that they're doing this year. I genuinely don't know how much uh, money you're going to make from a, a limited couple of thousand tickets, though. But if you have to, if, if, if there's only, let's say, 2,000 tickets and then you, the number of people they have to staff the stadium with is less, so maybe it costs like the, mm. those things balance out. Or I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Maybe they're all 200. I disagree. I, I don't think it's anything at all money. I, I think it's just that they want to have, the players want to have some kind of normal atmosphere. I mean, Mark signed down about the whole thing. He sounded like, not, not just this, like, he sounds fed up with being yeah. away, understandably. The fact that he did get home to see his wife and family for a, for a couple of days is probably going to make it worse because it's like, I'm missing this. I can't go out even when I get back because of all the restrictions. I can't take the kids places. And now I'm away again. And I mean, it, it's tough. And he, he it sounds that it's getting to him a little bit. I, from what I've heard, he's still upbeat and motivational with the players and stuff like that. But I think... At times, speaking to the media, it's going to come across. When you're asking him about it, he's an, he's an honest man. He wears his heart on his sleeve. It's bound to get to you by, by this stage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel really bad for, for Mark and the situation that he's in and the situation that they're in. And it's, I can't imagine what it is to like to, to do, have to go and do your job, but like in a different country. <laughs> Like, like that, like, I know we're all like, life's different for everyone in these last, whatever, 15, 16 months. But um, yeah, I, I, that, it, it, that's on a different level. Yeah. Right? I think that the longest, I, I, I've been married to Caitlin for, for 19 years. We've been together for 20 years. The longest time I've spent away from her, I think is three weeks. And like in, in one lump. And that felt a long time being away. <sighs> I can't imagine what being away for months on end, seeing your kids grow up through a computer screen. Because th- there was one, th- this is a completely different kind of thing, I know, but wh- when we had our last dog, Bailey, uh, he was a puppy. We went on a three-week cruise and our good friends looked after him. We came back 
and all his little baby puppy teeth had gone for big adult dog teeth. Mm. And it was like such a shock because he looked like a different dog. And that's a dog. Kids, like you, you're going to go away, you're going to come back, they're taller, they're learning oh, different yeah. things. It's just, it's unfathomable how hard that must be. But yeah. anyway, hopefully they will be back soon. And I, I'm thinking they'll be back in August. I don't know if fans will be back in August, but I think the team could be back in August. Yeah, more likely September based on... I think September for fans, but yeah. I, I think you could have the team at BC Place in There's August. There's going on about how this NHL provision in the playoffs should open the door for... Yeah, barring any more weird variants getting in the way. But it, it looks like the border is going to partly open to, to fully vaccinated folks, so that's going to help as well. But the Whitecaps are back in action, as we said, and they had a warm-up against Ogden on Friday, 4-0 against the USL 2 side. And it was a, a pretty... We haven't seen the full lineup. I don't think. It was a pretty full-strength team. A brace from White. Great to see him getting his first goals in a Whitecap jersey. The homie got a goal and a bicycle kick from Cam. Habibullah. Great finish. Theo Bear with a header that was saved and then Cam acrobatically puts it away. So it's a good warm-up. It's a confidence booster. The thing is, after 27 days off, you, you genuinely don't know what you're getting from this Whitecaps team. Are they going to be up for it? Are they going to be fully motivated? Are they going to be a little bit flat and take a little bit of time finding their feet? But, I mean, the, the game, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I want to delve into something that we don't do a lot of here, like l- looking at some of the stats, because I, I was having a look at this after something I read on the MLS website, and then I dug a little bit more on it, and it's, like, horrendous. that The attacking offensive output from the Whitecaps so far... In the first seven games, they've got the the second lowest expected goals per ninety minutes. Well, that's of, expected. Yeah, uh, but it, it's different. The stats that they used and the stats that I pulled up here were a little bit different. So I I'm looking at footy stats, and what they've got here is the expected goals is point nine two, so they're not even expected to get one goal a game. Interestingly, their expected goals away from home is 1.03, but their expected goals at home is 0.77. So they are the away team on Friday, but it's their home stadium. So I don't know how, I don't know where we fall in. But basically, they're they're not even expected to score a goal a game, but their goals against average is 1.6. But that's also all, all... All kinds of awkward, right? Because of the fact that, yeah, they're not playing at home. But I mean, it's also maybe, I think the Whitecaps, that does also make sense though, because the Whitecaps do tend to struggle when they're at home because they feel like they have to perform as opposed to get the result or, mm-hmm. you know, play to the, they have to play it away to maybe try and make people in the stands happy about how they're playing as opposed to just focusing on doing what might be best to get re- the result. Whereas on the road, you can do that. But I, I don't know if that should correlate to expecting goals, but... But th- th- this is what I think is a particularly damning start now. I'll, I'll just give the average, doesn't matter, home or away. 11.29 is the shots taken in a game. That's hmm. their average. Wow. So that means there's been a couple that's been a bit more, and obviously there's been a few that's been a, a lot left. Their shots conversion rate is 
How, how does that how does that compare to the league so that i don't have i'll have a look into that what i do have though is like some of the expected goals overall for some of the other teams so like san jose is 1.8 nashville's 1.76 new england 1.62 minnesota 1.53 kansas city 1.53 so I mean, you go all the way down and the Whitecaps are currently ranked 22nd in expected goals in in MLS. The only teams below them are Salt Lake, which is maybe good news for Friday, or we could have a nil-nil game coming up, Austin and Miami, despite all the money that they've spent. So what what are you expecting then from Friday, Zach? I... I I think that RSL is, uh, as the home team with having fans supporting them, is going to be lifted by, by that. Um, so I think that that will what will help them will be an intangible that will help them. Uh, and I'm expecting I'm expecting RSL to to win. Um, but I think that um, is what is Cav is not going to be able to play, right? Or he might be back, but he, 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 I guess he, he technically could because it's like they're in Chicago. No, they don't have to because they're fully vaccinated. They can right. return to uh, the fold yeah. right away. So I don't I, know that he'll start. Yeah, well, I, I guess it, it depend, depends what minutes he gets on Tuesday, I guess, right. against Haiti. If he's only off White's the bench. Start. I was going to guess White, White's going to start this. Yeah. I, think, I think they're going to, it's going to be like a 2 1, 3 1 Salt Lake game, but Vancouver will get a goal and it'll be either. White, Cava, or Dahomey, which is, I know, a crazy prediction. I I think it's going to be 2-1 RSL as well, and I probably think it's going to be White that gets it, but that would mean an open goal. Mm. <laughs> and for o- those, open play goal. For those missing Steve, actually, no, White could score on a, a header on a corner or a free kick. Um, That's true. For those who are missing Steve, I'll just say I'm guessing Steve's prediction would be 2-1 to Vancouver. Vancouver based on mine your prediction. Well, we'll put that down as his prediction anyway. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. I think we've done enough chat for, for this show. I wasn't planning on it going as long as this, but there was a lot to unpack. But we hopefully will be back with a, a preview show later in the week. I'll just end, though, with Wavelength because we've got to have a Wavelength. There's always time for that. And as regular listeners will know, I'm playing you a selection of Scottish Euro 2020 songs. This is one by a Dundee band. I have to be careful how I say this name. It's the Cundies. And from Dundee. And they're a, a punk band from, from Tayside. This is their song, Kilts On, Taps Off.
The cundies there. Kilts on, taps off. You going to get your taps off tomorrow, Zach, for Scotland? It's 6am, so probably not. I hope to be awake for the game. I hope to be awake for the game. Maybe, depending on how Saturday was no problem. Sunday was a little bit more of a problem. Monday. I'm going to get this edited before I go to bed and then hopefully get up. But I'm going to leave my phone off in case I end up watching it as live a little bit later so that I don't spoil anything. Okay, so I, I won't message you. I no. unless, unless you message me saying you're watching, I won't message you. Okay, because uh, Kenny Duker, the former RSL and East Five player, has said if I don't get up for this, he's going to be calling me and messaging me. But if my phone's off, he can't get through. So, so <laughs> there we go. But that is it for this week's show. Hope you've enjoyed our chat. Back chatting about the Whitecaps. We're back watching them playing soon. Just before we go, though, Zach, let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Zachary M, talking about Euro predictions, Euro goals, Euro kits, that kind of stuff. I'm Michael McCall. Follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed. And if you want to leave us a, a good review, great. If you don't want to leave us a good review, then yeah, don't bother. Um, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Canada. Please subscribe. We'd got up to 401 subscribers, but we've gone down to 400 again. Oh. So some folk have dropped off. I think they just teased us on the day, potentially. To, it might to have been some of, the, some of those uh, Haitian supporters. Yeah, possibly. They, they weren't happy at the end of the stream, were they? But check that out. You can check out our two-part watch-along, as it ended up being. We've also got our Euro preview show up in there. And don't forget, episode one of our game show pulled off at halftime. We'll hopefully get around to doing episode two soon. But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Thanks, as always, for listening. Really appreciate you giving your time to us in a busy month of football. We will be back soon. Until then, stay safe, take care, and mourn the caps, Canada and Scotland. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.